welcome to another episode of Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am your host, Kim, and I'm so excited that you decided to tune in and listen. If this is your very first episode, welcome. If you are part of the community here, I really do appreciate each and every one of you. If you have been listening and you haven't taken time out to do a review, please pause this, take a moment, and go leave one if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. If you are listening on SoundCloud, be sure to leave a comment after the episode and let me know what you thought about it. You can also just share the episode if you think it's helpful with your mom friends or family or just anyone you feel that may benefit. If you missed out on last week's episode, I had a chance to sit down and chat with Brianna to talk about ways to save on Christmas shopping. We definitely share a lot of great tips, so if you missed out, go back and check it out. This week, I get a chance to sit down and chat with Sierra about self-care in the holidays. It is so easy to forget about yourself when you're busy trying to take care of everyone else's needs. She even wrote a book called Cheers to Him, which I have had the opportunity to read. Thank you, Sierra. And I really enjoyed reading it. I mean, it's a quick read, but she literally breaks down the ways that each guy taught her a lesson. So mamas, if you're interested to know how she learned to love herself and what she got out of her relationships, stay tuned. I just also wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you to those of you who continue to send me feedback on each episode. I really appreciate you guys. And for those of you that have been leaving reviews, thank you so much. When you leave a review, it helps other single moms find the podcast. The more reviews we have, the higher the podcast is ranked so that people are able to find it. So again, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate it. Now, without further ado, let's get into this episode. Hi, Sierra. Welcome to Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am so excited to have you on today to um, chat about self-care in the holidays. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Blessed, busy. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yes, always. <laughs> yes. So tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm from South Carolina, a small town called Duncan, literally like one street. By the time you drive through it, you'll be out of it. I graduated, went to Coastal Carolina. I'm a mom of two. I did play Delta at Coastal. And um, I'm almost two and just really out here just trying to get it. I think all of us are out here trying to get it. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about, you know, how the holidays go for you and the kids. So do you kind of work that out with their father or is it something that, you know, you guys kind of like play as you go or play it by ear? Um, talk about that a little bit. Um, in the past, it's kind of been play it by ear. Um, when my kids were a little bit younger, so I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old, especially Christmas, I was kind of more flexible. But as they get older, I'm not as flexible. So last year, I kind of started this, they will wake up at home on Christmas, get that experience, and then they can go with you the second half of the day. 
only because I feel like there's no way to build like traditions if we oh, alternate holidays or something like that. So pertaining to Christmas. Now for Thanksgiving and stuff like that, I'm pretty a little bit more flexible. Like that's not as major to me as Christmas is, but Christmas is definitely a, they have to be home to wake up so we can have like this tradition of, you know, if you believe in Santa Claus or whatever, but I'm kind of flexible with everything else. Now, the same with birthdays. I have a party, he has a party, and that's, I don't feel like that's ever going to change just because being, trying to co-parent can be very difficult with holidays and if somebody doesn't agree it's kind of like okay well this is what it's gonna be and that's it you know like sometimes we can talk it out and make it work and then other times we can't so Oh, wow. And just to, to you know, kind of put this out there, I don't know, for those listeners that may be wondering, um, is your kid's parents on child support? Because I know sometimes when you go through the system, they actually um, decide the schedules for you. So I'm going to guess that he's not because you guys are doing it like this, or you can clarify that for he, me. He, he actually is on child support, but we don't. So in South Carolina, like their like child support doesn't come with like a custody agreement or like at least from what I know and that's never been brought up to me and so there's not really a okay because he's on child support you have to split holidays or do this and do that like that was never I mean we we never had to go before a judge because we kind of handled it in like mediation oh but, wow. okay. um, but yeah so it was never a you have to get them, you know, he he has the right to get them like this. We try yeah. to just work everything out between us. And like I said, most times we don't have any issues. Like, I, I we haven't really experienced any issues other than birthdays because I just feel like financially, if you're not going to contribute, then, you know, that's, it's extra. It's not a part yeah. of child support. Yeah. It's not a part of child support. So, if you don't want to contribute then you can do what you want to do on your own because we both have fairly big families as far as kids and so for me to financially support a birthday party on my own and then you invite your family or whatever like that's just a little bit much so this past year um for both girls we did separate birthday parties but the big holidays we kind of just work them out Okay, and tell me how old the kids are again. I'm sorry. Uh, Chloe is five and Kyla is two. Okay. All right. Yeah. So um, I'm going to go back really quickly to you saying that you don't feel like you can start a tradition because you never know um, who's going to have the kids on what holidays. But have you ever thought about like um, maybe somebody has a, a tradition like the day before if somebody gets them the day of Christmas, or do you guys just take them for the whole weekend and you don't work it out like that? So with my family, so I come from a single parent home as well. Okay. And my parents are divorced. And so for me, it's like, okay, I have to do something with my mom's side of the family, then my dad's side of the family, and then my kids have to do something with me 
and my side of the family oh, and then wow. their dad and his side of the family. And so it, it literally makes it very hard. So with my mom's side of the family, we usually get together the Saturday before Christmas or okay. like a couple of days after Christmas. It's never a Christmas day. Um, and my dad's side of the family always gets together on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. and usually works out so the way that it worked last year was uh we were I was able to take the girls to all of my family events we had Christmas Eve with my dad's side of the family and Christmas Day they woke up opened their gifts but Christmas Day they also left and went with their dad for the next like three days okay well that's very interesting I think you know you could still I guess try to you know do something because if you do that every time like oh well they can open gifts here and they can go to their dad's house or vice versa you know right and my whole thing was because I, I know eventually they'll grow out of the whole Santa Claus thing mm-hmm. but like I just wanted them to be able to like for us to do something like traditionally and one day, maybe, you know, if the good Lord plans it, <laughs> me and him could try to do something like create our own tradition for all of us. And he ha- he also has another daughter who's not my kid. And so I, it's just, it's really hard. It's really difficult. But if you're willing to work together to create your own tradition, I think it will work. But we're not there yet. Right now is for Christmas. My kids, they stay at home. They wake up at home and then they go with you. That's yeah. that's how it is now. Okay, and even like <laughs> I, I've seen some moms talk about like how they um get to decorate like ornaments with the kids, and that could be done like you know um after Thanksgiving or like during the first week in December, and that could be simply like a simple tradition where you guys like create ornaments together and that's something with you and the girls that you can start like every year you know what I'm saying it can be something as small as that I know sometimes when we think we think big but it really doesn't have to you know that big no not at all because we we still like I usually after Thanksgiving we'll decorate the tree because my at my parents my mom because my mom usually gets a big tree so we decorate there but then I have them really involved with doing a tree, um, our tree. And then this last year, what I did was bought a tree for their room and had them decorate a Christmas tree. And it stayed in their room until after Christmas. And they really enjoyed that because they got to pick out the ornaments and they got the, I mean, it, it was something that lit up. So it was kind of like a nightlight at night. And so that worked really good. So that's something that I did last year that will continue this year too. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, so it's, you know, those little things like that that we can use uh, to create tradition. It's like single parents, you know. Now, um, whenever you are alone on the holiday, do you do anything for yourself during that time? And do you feel like lonely or I don't know, like talk about those emotions and like how you handle those days. Cause you know, the kids are over at their dad's house and you know, sometimes you may wish that they were there with you because it's Christmas or it's Thanksgiving, you know, and you said you guys don't have a set schedule. So 
sometimes it varies. So how does that make you feel? Um, it can be very depressing. I'm not gonna lie because, like I said, because my families are so spread out. Like I don't want to spread myself thin. And then you know when you go to your families and you don't have your kids, the first thing they everybody's ask asking. Is, where, <laughs> yeah. where, where's the kid? So it's like, okay, like do you? It's the holidays or whatever. But this past year, what I did was one of my best friends. She um. Her family doesn't really do a lot of big things. And so she came down and like, we kind of bought gifts for each other. And it was just really laid back and cool. So I wasn't necessarily by myself after the girls left. So it, it really, it helped a lot. Not really having to be in an emotional space, but I do have to say that it's not as bad now because my kids are older and I'm more appreciative now of time that I have by myself (laughs) because those times are in few between and so now it's not like oh my gosh this is like the worst thing ever it's just more of a okay this is you know it didn't work out between us this is the situation, it is what it is, and I'm just going to enjoy this time by myself. I'm going to watch movies, have me a drink, whatever, and just hang out. Like, if, if that means by myself, I think you have to get to a place where you understand that things didn't work out between you and your dad, and although you like and would love the idea of you guys being a family, it ain't, it's not the end of the world, you know? So exactly. that's, that's how I look at it. Before, it used to make me really sad. And like I said, when I go around my family, they're like, oh, where are the girls? And I'm just like, why do y'all have to ask me that? But <laughs> now, it's time they're with their dad, spending the whole day with him. I'm good, you know? And that's if, if I can have people around, like, you know, go around my family and then spend time with them, but then maybe have like one of my homegirls or something around. I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. Okay, that's interesting. Because for me, like I don't think I've ever went through that period of time where uh <laughs> and this may sound bad, y'all, and I'm like don't judge me, but your girl has never been that one that was lonely because my daughter was gone or something like that. Like before her I was pretty much like um what you call I guess like a loner so I've always pretty much been myself so whenever you know um her dad and I broke up and she you know spends occasions there or she'll go to my um, grandparents house in Mississippi because it gives me a break and like you said it's like the only time that I have so I am like pretty much enjoying that time I'm trying to um, get my self-care in I'm pouring into myself so that when she comes back I am ready to parent to the best of my ability you know what I'm saying right yeah definitely I definitely feel that and I think you have to get to that point. A lot of people who I feel like at what where my depression came from was still holding on to the idea of us Being and family. my family. Yeah. And that's where I messed up at. And for the first like I mean, and we and we went back and forth for a lot a, a lot of times, you know, trying to make it work and one Christmas we spent Christmas at his family and 
I didn't like that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because I was just like, it just, it just didn't seem right. You know, it didn't seem right. But then, like, when Chloe was born, we had Christmas at home, and it was just the three of us, and it was just like, oh, this is everything. And then, you know, as you realize things aren't going to work out the way that you wanted them to, like I said, the feelings for me came from a place of sadness because I knew that I was, that we would never, I would never have that quote unquote family that I thought we were going to be. And now that I'm completely over that, <laughs> uh, yeah, like you said, I'm not really bothered by, by it. Yeah. So I think for those moms who are out there and maybe experiencing loneliness or depression, do you think that that is the advice you would offer pretty much? you know, getting to a point where you accept the fact that, you know, it is what it is, you know, um, you guys have moved on, you're not going to be having those families together, and then communicating, I think, with the other parent, if you can get to a place where, you know, you decide, like, hey, the kids are going to be here with me for Thanksgiving, or here with you for Christmas, or vice versa, you know, I think maybe if they could understand that, then that may help with the depression, but again, I've never... Um, experienced that so Sierra you can speak to that a little bit more than I can yeah I definitely think once you accept it, it you no longer have like this expectation that your holidays are going to go a little like this it's, it's literally like my recommendation would be like have a schedule but for for my kid's dad he um his job, I mean, he really doesn't get any days off. So, like, he may get Thanksgiving Day, but the day after Thanksgiving, he has to go to work. Whereas when I recently, before I left my job and just started working for myself, you know, most of the time I worked a job that we were off for, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving Day, day after. Right. And so, so just kind of figuring it out, like, what works for y'all. And like I said, coming to terms, like, if it's over, it's over. Like, there's no need to be sad and depressed and all of that because if that's a decision, it, it didn't work out for a reason. And that's what I had to realize, um, too. And so, like I said, once I came to understand, okay, basically my source of sadness was coming from the idea of us doing things as a family. And once I let that go, it changed everything. Okay, awesome. So now, when you talk about self-care, how do you actually define self-care? I think it's, it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, getting, getting 30 minutes of silence is self-care to me. <laughs> Without hearing mommy or, you know, I need to go potty or whatever, like just being able to sit in silence is, is self-care to me. But I feel like Doing things that, you know, that you maybe don't, don't, aren't able to do because you are a single parent on a regular, like, I love makeup. I love makeup a lot. And my life is very, very busy. And so I'm not always able to wake up in the morning and put makeup on, like, you know, have a full face. But when I do and I'm able to sit down and like do my face to the fullest, like it makes me feel so good about myself because 
you don't always get to see yourself like that. You probably, I mean, a lot of times I'm in a t-shirt and jeans, maybe got a hat on or my hair's in a ponytail and, you know, just not, I don't know, just not feeling the best or looking the best. And so I definitely feel like whatever it is that makes you go into a happy place, whether it's reading, maybe taking a bath, you know, like I said, meditating, whatever. I, I feel like for every person, it's just it's just different. Yeah, I totally agree. But I want to, I guess, talk about a little bit what I think about self-care. And, you know, I think it is um, pouring into yourself. Like, you take time to, um, you know, fill yourself up with those things that you feel like are missing. And like you said, whether it's that moment of silence, you know, like that is a part of self-care for some. And as single moms, we rarely get those silent times until the kids are sleeping or, you know, early in the morning. And those times are when I try to do things for myself. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you um, are going to feel the same way that are listening. And then... I was reading this article and I want to share the self-care categories because I thought it was very interesting. And the first category was physical self-care. So making sure that, you know, you're putting in your body the right types of food. And I know like as single moms, it's like really hard (laughs) sometimes to eat the best because we're always moving, always on the go, especially if you have kids that are in like extracurricular activities. Um, plus their homework and just trying to figure out like how to manage all of that you know it gets tough and this is not just happening with single moms 90 percent of people fall short of fda recommended guidelines for at least one vitamin or nutrient so if you have been on instagram and you've been seeing these little cute vitamin packs floating around then you know that there's a way to get personalized vitamins created just for you. Care of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. You can take care of's quiz and get the vitamins you need to get back on track and reach your health goals. So even if you are not eating the best foods right now, there's still a way that you can get the right nutrients. The quiz is super easy and it took me less than five minutes to complete it. They ask you about your diet, your health goals, and your lifestyle choices. You can even specify if you need energy, if bone health is an issue for your family, heart health is an issue for your family, you can put that on there and it'll customize vitamins for you. Your vitamins will get delivered right to your door in those cute little personalized, easy to remember packs. And so they are perfect for a busy on the go lifestyle. Once you have completed the quiz, it gives you your list and then you can go through those vitamins and read about them. If you find that you don't need one of the vitamins that they recommended, you can simply remove it from your pack. And what's also cool is that you can track your progress with the Care Of app and earn rewards when you remember to take your vitamins. Now, if you are vegan or vegetarian, they have options for you as well. Your monthly subscription box can be easily modified at any time. So this means that If you get the vitamins and you feel like, okay, now you're on the right track to eating healthy, 
you can modify the vitamins that are in your pack. Go ahead and head over to TakeCareOf.com to get your personalized vitamins. Again, that's TakeCareOf.com. And then emotional self-care, you know, like acknowledging your feelings and writing that stuff down, um, getting your thoughts um, out and put on paper. Like I know for me, journaling helps. Like when I'm having a rough day and I don't journal today, which I probably should, because um, I think it helps when you go back and you read through that and you f- you like figure out where you were and where you are now. I think it's, like that's very helpful. But just being able to get those thoughts out and if journaling is not enough, you know, finding a friend or a family member that you trust that you could talk to or vent to. And if that doesn't work, finding a therapist. You know, I think we, we talk about that um, piece about mental health a lot now. So that is another one. And then relational self-care. Like, you know, getting out there and, again, talking to those people that care about you. Cognitive uh, self-care. You know, that's your need to continue learning and growing. Well, whether it's, like, picking up a book and reading, because, you know, I love to read. And I'm always, like, you know, you got to invest in yourself. You have to constantly be learning because the world changes so fast. And then if you are, you know, a spiritual person, then you have that spiritual self-care where you, you know, meditate or pray, read your Bible um, or whatever, you know, religion that you have. And so I just wanted to share that with everybody because like, I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. And I definitely think that being like emotionally, by being in tune with your emotions is a big, big, big part of it because a lot of, I mean, if you, as a single mom, like we deal with so much and it's a lot, you know, to have to deal with your kids, deal with work, deal with cleaning up, dealing with life and social life and all of these things. And if you're not channeling your emotions, like you're really hurting yourself. I know, I mean, I was never really in tune with my emotions until I couldn't, you know, like really function anymore. And so how, how is it that I was able to, you know, how can I pour into my kids and give life into my kids when I can't even emotionally sustain? And so journaling, just like you said, was a big, 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 big thing for me, which is what led me to write my book. And it helped me so much. And what I like about writing, especially even if you're not publishing it or whatever, paper can't talk back to you. Paper can't, you know, give you judgment. Paper is not going to make you feel bad for having feelings. And it really allows you to sit in those emotions and overcome them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like once you realize and you those feelings exit your thought process and you say, okay, like this is my feelings. I'm going to sit in this and then I'm going to move on. And like you said, coming back to that and rereading it, like I reread my book all the time. Like I, there's days where I will literally like go chapter by chapter. I could be feeling some type of way and I'll be like, dang, like, I felt like this before, and then I'm taking my own advice, you know what I'm saying, and Mm -hmm. then when you're able to share that with somebody else, it's like, it's, it's just a good, it's a good feeling, and so definitely writing and getting that emotional stuff, because if you're not together emotionally, there's no way you can be emotionally supportive to your kids, like, there's no way around that, like, your kids, you're going to pretty much create a, 
broken emotional kids because you don't know how to handle your emotions either. So I think that's 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 probably my number one self care. Yeah, and um, that is so important that you did that. I just want to reiterate it really quickly. Like, if you cannot emotionally sustain, like, you will create those broken children. And so one thing that I've learned, and I shared this on one of my single mom chats, um, this book I had read, uh, I don't remember the name right off the bat, but it's like a psychology-based book, and it talks about how you know, our childhood really plays a huge part in adulthood. So if you don't deal with those emotions as a child, and like you said, you don't get them out, you carry that stuff into adulthood and it becomes baggage. And so every time you're feeling a certain type of way, you're just adding more and more baggage on your shoulder. And so if you never deal with that stuff, you're going to break and it's going to cause that depression and it's going to cause, you know, all of those like mental illnesses and things like that. So it's very important to, you know, deal with those emotions. And like I said earlier, you know, if you can't journal or you can't talk to a friend or a family member that you actually trust then you know, talk to a therapist. I mean, I feel like if you have medical insurance and most of the time, like those people accept your insurance. And so you may not even have to pay much, if anything, out of pocket. Yeah, and I am such a big advocate for therapy because when I was going through what I was going through with my kid's dad, I realized that a lot of what I was going through was deeper than just me and him, you know? And yeah. so going to a therapist, I was able to unpack everything, not yeah. just what was going on with me, but what was going on with me and him, but what was going on that I saw from my childhood, the experiences, like you said, all of that carries on. And if you never deal with that, and a lot of people don't know, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's and why that, we have these that, platforms to educate them, that's you know, why, because they don't. And that's, yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start talking to teen girls, because I feel like a lot of people look at teens on the surface and not below. And I know for me, a lot of things that I didn't even realize were problematic for me were under the surface that nobody would know because nobody was talking to me. Nobody was asking me those type of questions. And because I experienced that and I knew how to suppress, I was a cheerleader. I had, I had good grades. I worked. I was popular. But on the inside, I was a hot mess, and nobody nobody even knew to look for that. And so part of that platform is to prevent teens from, one, becoming young mothers who then have all of these baggage, and then they carry that into relationships, and then, then they leave the kids' dad, and then they're still carrying that same baggage, and then it puts on into the child, and then it's a generational thing, and yes, oh it's God. so important, and, and therapy is, it's, I hate the stigma behind it, because you don't, you don't actually have to have something wrong to go with a therapist, because sometimes therapists literally can look at something from a different viewpoint like you could be looking at something one way and you talk to a therapist and they can be like okay well have you thought about thinking about it this way or did you think well is there a trigger for you or whatever and for me therapy pretty much saved my life because the very things that were hurting me internally were the things that were holding me back and causing so many issues in all of my relationships. And because I was able to unpack that, now I know how to handle my kids. And now I know how to help other people, you know, unpack and deal with under the surface type things that 
they haven't always dealt with. Yes, and that is so good. Um, unfortunately, you know, I haven't had to um, go to therapy, but I keep saying that I'm going to go and just try it out because, you know, I don't have like any close friends here and definitely not any mom friends like locally that I can just, you know, talk to about how I'm feeling. And I've always kind of been like this closed in person. So generally, uh, crap journaling really helps me um in that sense but I would like to go you know and expand it because I do think that um some of the ways I act uh, (laughs) probably is because of my childhood like you know when it comes to dealing with guys and stuff I don't take like I don't have a lot of patience I don't take a lot of crap and I think it's because you know growing up my dad was like in and out of my life and so um it makes it hard for me to like kind of communicate um, my feelings and stuff like that and so I think that's one of the things that um, I need to go and probably talk to somebody about because it doesn't bother me and that's the like scary thing <laughs> like it's like I don't have patience but it doesn't really bother me so it's kind of I don't know I feel like it's kind of crazy but you know I recognize that and I think one of the things like when you go to therapy is that you have to um, know what you're going in there for like what are you going to deal with like how can you explain what what's happening You know, because I was listening to another podcast and she was saying that um, when she first went, she went in and she could tell the therapist like, you know, what she was actually feeling and what she was going through and what she wanted to accomplish. Because a lot of people go into therapy thinking like, oh, the therapists are mind readers and they can just figure it out like automatically. But it's like you have to go in there with the mindset that you're going to tell them what's happening, how you feel and what you want to accomplish. You know what I'm saying? Like other than that, it's hard for them to help you. But you know what? I actually went into therapy not knowing what I wanted out of it. I I was very I I just knew that and if you read my, I mean, you know, you read my book, so yeah, yeah. I talk about this, I talk about this in the book, but I was literally on the highway, ready to like drive into a semi truck, and, and you didn't know was why. like, girl, this is no, this is not normal. That's all I knew. I was like, this is not normal. I have two kids. I have a decent job. I have somewhere to stay. I have food. I have all of these things. Why do I feel like this? And for so long, I just kind of avoided and put it out. And I was just like, no, I got to figure out what this is. And I went into therapy and my first session with my therapist, I literally looked at her like, I'm not saying nothing to you. (laughs) And one, because you, you, you're going into a situation to really, to talk about yourself in a way that you don't normally talk about, to express yourself in, in a way that you don't normally express yourself, and you're going to open up to a complete stranger, stranger. that's scary, yeah. it is scary, and so my first session with my therapist, I had this big wall up, and she would just, ask me certain questions and I would give her a little bit of information and then she would ask me some more questions and I would give her a little bit of information once I realized okay it's okay this is your safe place and that's what she kept telling me this is your safe place and I think that's why you go in therapy offices and they have white couches and couches to make you feel comfortable and stuff like that because they really want you to feel like that's a safe place for you and so when I, after, after my initial session, you know, that's when I really was like, okay, here it is. This is, this is 
what's wrong, like not really what's wrong or these are things that I struggle with and I need help. You know, like even just being able to tell her that I need help. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know why I feel the way that I feel. These are some of the things that resulted in, you know, me having emotions or whatever. And this, you know what I'm saying? But being able to just, like I said before, be in tune with your emotions to be even, to even be able to communicate your emotions can then help somebody identify the root of the problem. And but you got to be ready to face all of that. And if you're not ready, like you said, you haven't been yet, that might be very well telling you that you're just not ready. You're not ready to deal with it. You're not ready to unpack. You're not ready to do that. And that's perfectly okay. As long as it's not like hurting you, hurting mm -hmm. you. Like, but I was really hurting myself. I was, I was literally on the verge of doing some crazy stuff and it was selfish of me and I was like I can't do this anymore because I have I have two kids who depend on me and so going into ther therapy like I said literally changed my whole life <laughs> and it, it I mean I did a complete 180 after being in therapy I don't go to therapy anymore just because I lost trust with my my therapist but she had a lot of problems and issues of her own and you have to remember that therapists are real people too therapists have therapists and so it's not like they're just picture perfect people and I realized that and I was just like well I'm in a space where I can take the things that you I've learned from you and I can apply that every day and should I need you know sessions then I can come back to you or you can recommend me to somebody to else. someone else yeah I like that yeah. That makes a lot of sense because like you said, like, so I guess whether you don't know, you know, kind of what's calling these, causing these feelings, but you are able to actually kind of explain the feelings, you know, if they ask you the necessary questions. So I think that's really good. And I guess there's one last thing that I wanted to talk about before we um, get into the book is, you know, what do you think will happen if we don't practice self-care? Like, there are a lot of moms who make excuses, and some of y'all might get mad with me about this, but you're always talking about, you know, you don't have time, you don't have time, you don't have time. And then I even, like, talked to some of the moms on Single Mom Chat, I think this was, like, a few weeks ago, and, you know, they were like, how do you get up so early? And it's like, that's the only time I have to myself. It's either I'm going to stay up late or I'm going to get up early. So if you are up late and you're scrolling like mindlessly on social media and you're not doing something for yourself, then that's a waste of your time. You know what I'm saying? Like you could be, you know, getting that hot bath or reading that book or just having a moment of silence. But instead, you're feel like you're filling your mind with these things that you see on social media probably comparing yourself to other moms and doing all of that, but you say you don't have time. You know what I'm saying? So what do you think, Sierra, that like may happen? Like if we don't practice self-care, and I think you mentioned this a little bit earlier about if we don't take time to pour into ourselves, like we can't pour into our children. So is that pretty much what yeah. you say about, you know, not practicing self-care? Absolutely. And you're really going to drive yourself crazy like I mean it, it it can be whether you rec recognize what you're doing or not if you don't have self-care then you're going to self-destruct whether it's drinking whether it's smoking whether it's not sleeping enough or eating bad food like you're literally going to 
self-destruct because you're not taking care of yourself. And a lot of single moms are depressed and they don't even know it. Yes. You know, they, so they are. Oh my gosh. I talked about like <laughs> on the podcast before when I was pregnant, um, I was seriously going through depression. Nobody told me, even though I was explaining like how I felt about it, like nobody ever said like, Hey, you need to go to a therapist. You're probably, um, low key depressed. All I talked about because was a lot, a lot, every day. A lot of people don't know that depression can come in so many different forms yes. you not you may not be suicidal you may not walk around with your you know moping and stuff like that that it doesn't have to look like that but if you are feeling overwhelmed or if you're feeling stressed out or if you're just not in a good space more than likely like you have signs of depression I'm not a clinical nothing but I can tell when somebody is feeling depressed like for example like myself this past week I have been in a weird space and it's because I left my job I was questioning whether I you know made the right decision or not my kids I I keep my youngest daughter at home sometimes instead of driving her to daycare so that's something new and then I have to worry about feeding them so we're not eating out as much so I'm cooking more and I'm just like I need a break and then I'm having issues with my kid's dad and he's saying you know certain things and it was just a lot and I feel like nobody understands and so when you feel like you don't have anybody to talk to what do you do you shut down and so that's exactly what I did I shut down and I started to think like here we go again with this whole depression stuff. And I had to literally talk myself out of it. But it was because I was pouring so much into my business and pouring into my kids. And I wasn't doing anything for me. Not anything. And now I don't walk away from my job. So I have more time. You know, I still have to put in work for my business but I have more time and I can literally say no I will do that in 30 minutes or I'll do that tomorrow because I need to take the day for Sierra and forcing myself to really like look at me and talk to me and take care of me is so important because you can literally drive yourself into depression and going to self-destruct like it's bound to happen I don't care what nobody said they can nobody tell me otherwise because I've seen it happen and I see it happen so much with single moms because we we're like we're superheroes you know we're superheroes and we are I posted a status on Facebook the other day and we are expected to be bulletproof and we're expected to be strong no matter what and you don't have to be you you don't have to be whether it's finding another mom who you can talk to and vent to or who because they understand your problems or journaling or taking something has to like bring you back down to earth because you can't always save the world because superheroes need saving too I say that all the time and so we're not we're not invincible and so yes self-care is a must and there's no way there's no excuses are not acceptable when it comes to that 
Yes. And um, one thing you said about, you know, not pouring into yourself, but pouring into everything and everybody else. Um, I was talking to this single mom the other day, and she's probably going to listen to this podcast because she's one of my faithful uh, listeners. But she called me and she was talking about her family and how everybody wanted to give her their opinion. And this is just something that I just want to tell everybody that I told her. Um, there has come a time where you're going to have to tell those family members and it's going to be a hard conversation, but you are not being mean, but you just do not need their opinion at this time. Now, should you need it or should you want it, then you will come and you'll ask them for it. But at this moment, <laughs> no, like you cannot afford to listen to everybody tell you what to do with this or what to do with that. You know, that's where you start. She was like, she was stressed out. And I can see why. You know, you're listening to everybody over here and everybody over there. And then you're still trying to take care of your kids. She has three kids, you know, as a single mom, recently divorced. And so your life is already hard enough. And then you have all these family members, you know, giving you their opinions, but not really helping the situation. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I often tell people, <laughs> I often <laughs> tell people that when when you have to when you have to learn a person, and I just had this conversation with my best friend because we had a pretty big blow up because as I'm trying to vent about my my an incident that me and my kids dad had, I feel criticized and judged and as if it was my fault that I was in the situation and I was like see what you have to learn how to do is just shut up and you have to tell people that sometimes in the most loving way or you just shoot it straight and be like hey like I don't need your opinion I really just came to tell you how I was feeling because I needed to get it off my chest Anything outside of that I don't need from you and you're right like family members sometimes try to pour their their opinions and what they feel that you need to be doing and I have learned over the years to either let it go in one ear or not the other or just simply say look I appreciate you trying to help but that's not helping me you know what I'm saying and, yeah. and give it to it like that and sometimes people take it personally but that's not my problem because you need to respect me one as an adult and as a mom and one thing I don't like and people do this quite often is tell you how to parent and you can't tell me how to parent my kids because they're my kids not yours yeah and every kid and is so different, you know? right and so it's yeah you're you're absolutely right I, I believe that we too often put a lot of trust in in stuff in other people's opinions or whatever and I yeah I, I the older I get the the easier it is for me to kind of cancel people's opinions out and just be, you know, hear them, but that doesn't mean I have to do it or absorb or take it in and make it my own. Yes. So you wrote this book, Cheers to Him, and you basically talk about how you love, how you learn to love yourself. And I really enjoyed this book. I must say it was like, a quick read, but I was like, wow, like you're taking every situation that you had with these guys and you've learned like valuable lessons from each one. So there was one statement that you wrote 
being single is not a lifetime sentence. It is a period that allows me to focus on myself and my children, invest in my career, and chase my dreams. Like, how long did it take you to actually figure that out? I feel like I talk about that all the time, but people still um, have a hard time understanding that, that this is a season. You know, you get to focus solely on yourself and your children. It took me a long time. <laughs> it took me a long time, primarily because you read a book and you kind of notice the trend, right? You you notice that, I mean, I don't, like, I even go back and read it and I'm talking junk to myself, like, girl, what was you thinking? Like, I don't understand why you didn't see this, what was going on? And I was so caught up in see, getting the love that I, that I really never got as a child from my dad or that I thought I needed or whatever. And so because of that, I was seeking validation in these guys. And I just, I just always wanted to, or feel like I needed to have somebody that I could call my own. And so when I realized that my relationship with my kid's dad was toxic, I was like, okay, look, you got to do something different. You know what I'm saying? You can't keep, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting you know what I'm saying expecting different results so you have to do something different and the difference was you need to learn your how to love yourself and be okay with loving yourself like you have to you have to be okay with that and so when I realized like that was the um you know like being single was not going to kill me I was able to appreciate being alone (laughs) and being able to focus on my goals and focus on my kids and focus on whatever else there was um, that I wanted to do and realizing that men come and go and, you know, you miss one, you'll catch another one. So, um, Zira, you also kind of talked about in chapter one, your first love, which was your dad and how, you know, him and your mom divorced and, you know, the relationship, I guess, was never really the same after that. And, you know, I really related to this story in the sense that my dad would um say that he was coming because he lived in new orleans at the time and you know i lived in um, a small little town called Tylertown, mississippi and so it's like an hour and a half to two hours away from new orleans but anyways um he would say that he was coming to pick us up and take us you know somewhere and never showed up like we would literally sometimes be waiting outside me and my brother just thinking like okay he's gonna show up he's gonna like he told us last week he didn't show up but now he's saying like he's gonna come this time and then it would just be a repeat cycle and so uh, you you know talked about experiencing this in um, your book with your dad where there would be some weekends where he would never show up and then that affected you you know, and so you started to kind of attract these men that were not showing up. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like it was a, a, a subconscious thing, but the idea was, is that what I noticed, and, 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 you know, for those who haven't read the book, definitely check it out, but you'll see the trend of having this person, my dad, in my life, him making these promises, not fulfilling the promises yes. and then 
say and then saying that it was going to get better see that was what i that's what i that's what that's so that was my cycle with men all along i would get this man everything would be cool for a while things would fall apart the pr- promises wouldn't be fulfilled he wouldn't show up he wouldn't take me out we wouldn't do this we wouldn't do that but anytime i got any ounce of hope that you're going to do better if that came across at any time that was the missing part instead of just believing people and seeing them for what they were because my whole life I did the same thing with my dad I just if he gave me any ounce of hope that he would do better and he would show up the next time or you know whatever then I held on to that and so in my relationship with people I held on to the little bit of the hope instead of just making it it is what it is and so that was a pattern that kind of set the tone for for my life until I realized that's what I was, you know, until I recognized what I was doing and was able to say, no, now I'm going to have boundaries. Now I'm going to have expectations. Now I'm going to say, I won't accept that, you know, and that's how how I fixed it. I mean, I just realized that I had to have boundaries and I had to eliminate the ounce of hope just like you said you don't have patience for people like that that's important I mean I think that you know some things may have you you may be able to have leeway with some things but I I allow I I I allow too many things to just slide by yeah and like opposite to you like it affected me in the sense that in high school I didn't even really talk to guys because Like, I didn't trust them because I couldn't trust my dad, you know? And so Mm -hmm. when I got to college, I was going to think, like, okay, I'm not going to talk to any guys here. But then crazy thing, like, I don't know what happened or where that whole mindset went out of the window. But I met this guy once I, you know, um, joined a sorority. And, like, we began to have sex. And then I ended up pregnant, you know, in a short amount of time. And so... I don't know for me and then like I guess like you know going through that now it's just like well when I look at my child's father and although he's not really like physically present and we've talked about this several times he does like contribute like financially and for that I'm grateful because my dad never really did anything so like it really hurt me whenever you know my child's dad got mad because I didn't want to be with him anymore and he was like taking it out on my daughter and I'm thinking like man I thought you were going to be better than my dad was which he is in a sense of like financially but at the same time it's like I don't care about that you know because I could always find ways to make money I can always find ways to get it for my child but it's like the importance of like just being there there for her it like really bothers me (laughs) like and so you know like it's probably not his fault it's, and what we have to realize and what I what I preach now is that the problems that people have are not their own. They are a result of somebody else. Yes. So yes, I, yes. I wonder what his relationship with his dad was like. Where yeah, was his dad then, when he was That was what I was going to get into. It's like, so he was raised by his mom and his dad, but his mom, of course, was at home most of the time. His dad mostly worked. So he was never really present for them. So I guess he thought if he did like his dad and, you know, just contribute financially, then everything Bye-bye. is fine. Yep. And so it's like, how yep. do you, you know, get to the point where you talk to them about that kind of stuff and then, you know, 
they understand it. Cause it's like, we had several conversations and this is like one of the factors that was like, okay, I can provide on my own, but if you're not going to help me raise this child, then I can do it by myself. You know what I'm saying? And that, and it may be selfish. Um, and some people may like, like, uh, judge me for this, but I'm like, if I'm working harder than you, sir, like he had, like we both had two jobs at the beginning, but then he only had one job. We were still like, you know, living together, trying to make it work. And then he was like, you know, well, when he get this one job, it's making more than both of his jobs. You know, I won't have to work two jobs. Well, girl, I was still working two jobs. Okay. And then it continued him to tell me like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, but he would never follow through. And so I eventually moved out because we were living together. And then um, I was still working my two jobs, Sierra, still working the two jobs, still waiting for him to change or do what he said he was going to do. And it never happened. So eventually I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I can't sit around, you know, and wait on you to change. We've talked about these same things over and over and over again. And I'm still doing this thing alone. So finally, you know, yeah. that led me to just like leave him and leave all of that. <laughs> like, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. And that's, I mean, and, and that's, that's a boundary, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a boundary that you weren't read, you weren't willing to compromise on. And I would say kudos to you because ultimately, like you're setting a standard for your daughter. And that's how I had to look at it too. When I was in a relationship and going back and forth with my, my kid's dad, like I started to see the effects of the negativity that were being placed on my kids and that's when I was like no like no I can't do this I can't my kids don't need to see us arguing they don't need to see you know my stuff being thrown down the like just just crazy things that as as adults sometimes people feel that kids don't know and don't and don't recognize and they do because me as a child I saw and I knew I just couldn't say anything yet and when I was when I was able to open my mouth and communicate my feelings I did just that and it went all the way left but I never I would never <clears throat> regret doing that because I saw it for myself like that's the thing like I, I really tried hard not to be negative about my kid's dad or you know say things oh, yeah. bad about him sometimes I might pop off on him in front of them and he's he's checked me a couple of times and he's always right I should never like do that in front of my kids but be, because I feel like eventually they'll be able to see for themselves if things aren't right if somebody's not holding up their end of the deal if they're absent or whatever you don't have to say a thing because as a child they are going to recognize and once they get older they're gonna have questions and guess what you can do go on and ask your daddy why he ain't you know what I'm saying like and that's going to hurt him more than you saying anything to him and that's I, I always stand by that like I don't have to speak anything negative to you or about you because if you continue to do the things that you do and you are the way that you are your kids will see that for themselves and one day they'll call you out on it I won't have to say anything yes and I feel the exact same way but one thing about me is that I've never like bad mouth anyone not even like my child's father you know I always say that if you are you know hanging around with somebody like their true colors will eventually show you know whether it's you know mm -hmm. family non-family whatever so I've never felt like the need to do that 
Um, but one thing I will say, and I've tried, you know, not to do this with my daughter because, you know, my grandma raised my brother and I, and she tried to keep us away from my daddy, but we still wanted to see him. We still wanted to have this relationship. But as we got older, we began to see like him not showing up, him lying, him doing this, him doing that. And so, yeah, it really like, opened our eyes to like oh this is why she was trying to keep us away from you and my dad would always talk down on my grandma and say that you know she didn't like him or this and that and that's why we never saw him when I guess he forgot that we were kids and we actually remembered him not showing up so when we became adults he tried to use this like story about how you know we never let that go from childhood we never you know let that go and so we don't really care about him and this and that and other and it's not that because like as an adult you know I even tried to develop a relationship with him and it's basically the same way it was when we were kids you know he still tell those same lies and it's like at what point do you let that stuff go like at what point do you just be a man about it and say like okay you know I can't do this for you or I can't do that or you know like not even try to create like this whole image of who you um, claim to be and just like, let us know who you are. That's you, sir. You're not going to change. And it's okay. It's you. We're grown now. You don't have to lie to us anymore. Like we're kids, you know, but I don't know. But, like, even I, like, I would, Huh? I, and I would, I would go to say like, what was his dynamic like? What was his childhood like? Where were his parents? What was yeah, his father and like? They were what was his father like? Not there. I know his dad was in jail, and I, you know, and that's the sad part, Sierra. It's like nobody ever talks about the people before them. You know, like my dad never told us about his dad. He never really, you know, talks about his mom other than you know, like <laughs> his best friend. But he never said anything you know about what she's done and you know we don't even have a relationship with her because she's never like took it upon herself when we were kids to reach out to us and then when we got older it's like you know uh, and this may be like another thing that you guys judge me on but it's like I don't have a desire to meet somebody that's never been in my life or that I've never known and I like you know family or not like I don't feel the need to like reach out to somebody and try to make this relationship and sometimes, like, they used to get mad about it because my dad would be like, you need to call your grandma. And I'm like, well, if she was my grandma, like, she would be trying to call me. I don't know. And I guess, you know, I have to be the bigger person. But sometimes, like, I get tired of being a bigger person in every single situation. So it's like, yeah. finally, I just decided to let that go. And, you know, sadly to say today, like, we don't have a relationship, period you know um <laughs> at all like we don't communicate and it's it's just sad but it's the reality of it and people are like you know you should try to mend that you should try to do this but it's like if you only knew how many times I've tried or how many times that I've put up with like negative things and I'm just like I'm in a space where I don't need that right now you know if you're not trying to you know put positivity into my life like I don't need all of the negativity that he has to bring you know what I'm saying right yeah, I definitely agree with you. I mean, you just, you have to learn when to stop trying. And a lot of people don't learn that and they always, they continue to get hurt. <laughs> when you learn to accept that things are just going to be the way that they are, like, you just, it, I mean, that's just the way that it's going to go, you know? Yes. And so there's one other thing that I just wanted to um, talk about. 
from the book that I'm really like impressed with how first of all how you wrote the book and it's like so real and it's not using all of this language that's hard for everybody to understand but it's like literally you know anybody could read this book right but you talked about like in chapter four your first time basically and mm-hmm. I don't know if you give these books to teens but I think they can learn a lot because you say you work with teens and I don't know if they're like buying the book or reading it but like I wish I had this you know when I was a teen because like I too could relate to like the whole my first time chapter and because you were curious to see what the hype was about and you were tired of running into a situation with guys that were experienced so you you know you did it because you wanted to see what it was about and then you learned that you know sex is more than an act of the physical but it involves your mind and emotions too and I think you know a lot of people could probably relate to this chapter so talk about that a little bit and I don't know like (laughs) how do you feel like writing it you know so vulnerable to like put that out there but it's so needed and so necessary but because it was so real you know like it was very real for me (laughs) It, it was very real for me and for a lot of people people don't talk about that like people think that your first time is going to be like candles and romance with somebody that you love and all of that and for a lot of people that's not it that's usually not how it goes and so I feel like especially I mean even still today I feel like people look at sex as just like I'm going to be very blunt like you're just catching a nut you know what I'm saying and it's so much more than that like it's so much more than that because it involves like soul ties and emotion. You don't know the emotional effect and all of that that is going to happen when you involve in sex. And so for me, like, that's how it was. Like, it was such an emotional, like, trauma, pretty much. Like, it was like a traumatizing experience because it was with somebody that I didn't care about. It was in my car, in the middle of the woods, and I wasn't supposed to be there. It was just, everything was bad you know everything was just bad and I don't know I just feel like people just need to have that open conversation more because we don't have it enough yeah especially with their kids it's like you already know how they're going to be feeling when they get to junior high high school so go ahead and have that hard conversation it's like you're going to see people at school that are going to be talking about this and that and let me tell you, now, if you go and decide to do that, then this is what may happen, you know, not trying to force anything on them, but just like, you know, being real and upfront and honest with your kids. I was talking to a teacher and she was saying like, in sixth grade, these kids are literally like, I guess, you know, making out in the hallway. And she said she didn't know whether to stop them or to go and get somebody to stop them. And she was like, it's crazy. Yeah, and 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 like I said, people aren't talking about it, and so um, it makes it hard to have the conversation because people aren't talking about it and making it come, you know, kids comfortable enough to talk about it, which is another reason why I wanted to start my empowerment luncheon. Yes, oh my gosh, I think that's so necessary. So kudos to you for starting that and doing the work that most of us, you know don't have I guess the courage to do and to be vulnerable and put ourselves out there so um keep doing that because it's like very much so needed especially um in today's uh, youth man like times are so different than when we were growing up and it was just like you know so like it wasn't even that long ago but times have changed so much 
But anyway, okay, yeah. that is all I have. Thank you so much for taking out time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. You can let everybody know where they can find you. And then I'm going to link your um, information below and then the link where they can purchase your book. So everybody, if yeah. you're listening, you need to get the book. Like, it's so good, and it's such a quick read. And if you think, like, oh, you don't like reading or, you know, it's a long book, it's not. It's really quick, and you're going to not even want to put it down. You just want to finish it. Okay, so you can find me on Amazon. The book is on Amazon. Um, it's called Cheers to Him. Or you can buy it on my website at afancylife.com. And I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under Fancy, F-A-N-C-E-E. All right. Thanks so much again. I really appreciate it. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Sierra definitely shared a lot of great tips. And I hope you were able to learn something. If this episode was helpful for you, be sure to leave a review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on SoundCloud, just drop us a comment. Let us know what you thought. You, you can always DM me on Instagram to let me know what you thought about the episode. And as always, share with your mom, friends, family, or anyone you think may benefit. You can always connect with me on Instagram at Single Black Motherhood, Facebook at Single Black Motherhood, and you can check out the website www.singleblackmotherhood.com. Thanks again for tuning in to listen. I really appreciate it. Next week, we're going to be talking about basically introducing your children to sex. So this will be interesting. So if you have not subscribed, what are you waiting on? Go ahead. Make sure that you have signed up to get your notifications. Okay. Talk to you guys next week. Bye.